This podcast is brought to you by journalism.co.uk. We bring you the latest jobs from across the media industry. Our job of the week is a remote freelance writer for HITC Culture. For this opportunity and more, visit our jobs board on www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations in the media industry and today we are talking about beat reporting and how to develop a local patch, particularly if you're new to an area or short of contacts. Here to share their experiences are two journalists from My London, a reach PLC local news site started up last December, so they've been running for less than a year. I'm joined by Sean Elvin, social media editor and Charlie Jones reporter, and they'll be sharing some of their early and current strategies for developing contacts and getting stories as a new title. Thanks to you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Sean, uh, Charlie, tell me a little bit about yourselves and also about My London because it isn't your run of the mill local news site and neither is it a London centric news site, is it? What is it about? No, so we like to think that basically My London is a kind of new type of local news website in that we don't just cover the news as you know what's going on in the centre of London we look at all the boroughs around London so we're actually looking we're kind of going from even though we're covering the whole of London it's actually quite hyper local so we're actually looking at you know what's down your road you know if you've got police outside your door and you want to find out why we try and find out for you but not only are we looking at breaking news we're also doing the kind of what's on events um, the more fun stuff around London because we've also thought that in recent years London's had quite a lot of negative negative press to do with things like knife crime, stuff like that. Um, so we're trying to show just how great London is and reminding people why London is great. And we think people seem to be appreciating that. Yeah, definitely. It's been amazing to sort of see how it's grown, even in the small time that I've been here, to sort of you know be with the team and actually feel very like we're developing something new, like a new way of doing it, um, which I do really like. So it's sort of been interesting, even though it's been a huge learning curve for me, obviously, but I've sort of seen the team grow and learn and develop within that as well. Yeah. Be great to jump into some of that uh, in a moment. Uh, but you're also uh, a, quite a recent title. When was it that My London sort of was born and, and, and sort of got off the ground? We officially launched in December 2018, so nearly a year ago now. But it was around sort of this time last year that we really got into full flow of planning it and things like that. So, um, yeah, we're just coming up to our one year anniversary. So it's going to be quite exciting to reflect in December just how far we've come in that last year. I think it's also quite important to notice that I think the reason why something like My London does work is because although hyperlocal news, you know, news from just your borough or your particular area of London that you live or work in is really good, people tend to travel around London quite a lot. So, you know, you might live in zone six, but you work in zone one. So we think that people are quite interested in news which are happening, which is happening in lots of different areas of London as well, not just just where you live or where you work so that's why we think we're quite unique in tying all of that together well um happy anniversary for december um what was it like what was it like launching as a new title i imagine from the beginning you had some reporters in with you know experience and contacts plus the pull of a of a reach title but was there a sense of kind of starting from the ground up in the early days yeah, definitely. Um, so it's quite interesting to have us both in here, actually, because I've been with my London sort of since it was born, since the beginning. So it was really good to have some of the reporters who previously had knowledge of our previous sort of what we call core patches. So the areas of Croydon and West London, which we'd obviously covered 
very heavily. So the way that the websites worked before My London was born is we had the Get West London website and the Croydon Advertiser website. And then when My London was born, as it were, um, we put them both, they kind of both merged into the website. So we already had reporters who worked in both of those patches and knew the contacts and the areas very well. But then obviously we had the extra challenge of wanting to break out into new areas. So particularly North and East London weren't very heavily explored by our company previously. So that's why we got people in like Charlie to start as reporters, start to explore those patches and also start to explore different ways of reporting. So Charlie told a bit more about what he does, but he does more of the kind of the features and the fun stuff, less of the breaking news. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, um, a lot of the original reporters were very centred around South and uh, West. So when I um, said that, you know, when I came in and I was from East London and lived in North quite a long time, it was a good way of sort of, you know, expanding it in those directions as well. So it's been very interesting to see. Yeah, and I think um, what's also been really good is obviously because we had the previous knowledge of... Croydon and the West London websites even though it did feel like we were starting from the ground up it did give us a bit of a head start so over the years we'd already built up quite a strong Facebook presence in those areas so that was kind of a good way to share our stories where we already had a good audience and also people that already liked our stories and liked what we were doing um, but we also because we changed our URL that meant that we basically lost all of our search traffic overnight so from that perspective we really were starting from the ground up so then reporters like Charlie, they spend a lot of their time looking for things that people are searching so we can build up search authority around popular topics. For example, the London Underground, um, London weather and things like that. London Underground's been a huge one for us and it's been, you know, I think especially on the features team, we would try and get an article pretty much on a daily basis to try and get it centred around the London Underground because that does seem to bring in a lot of traffic. So little micro-histories of London Underground things that happen on the London Underground, anything sort of, you know, we can try and get, I think people engage with that a lot as well. So kind of from day one to month five, Charlie, what kind of did you do with the team to help you develop yourself as kind of a new reporter on the team? How did you kind of hit the ground running? Are there any other avenues that you touched on like, uh, like the Underground? Um, so for me, a lot of it was about looking at, I mean, a lot of it was me looking at London in a new way, sort of not just, I mean, I've always loved the city, I grew up here, but it was now about going around being like, oh, is there a story there? Is there a story I can follow on that? So I saw, you know, for example, one of the early pieces I did was a little, you know, story about a statue in South London, which, you know, editors really liked, because it was just this sweet little story of something that loads of people would walk past, but not necessarily actually know much about. One of the things I guess student journalists struggle with is not having the weight of a, of a title behind them to get going and get stories did that unfamiliarity with my london prove an obstacle to you guys um how did you kind of get people to speak to you reporters and how have you developed that since um usually you'd say i'm a journalist i'd say who with you'd say my london that wouldn't really expand much upon that often people are funny about some doing things with the bigger tabloids because there's that obviously that association with the bigger tabloids and there's a bit of negativity around that as well but Usually, once you're quite clear of where you're coming from, um, people are very open to talk to you. So I feel it's m perhaps more on a story-by-story -story basis than a, um, you know, a title basis, I think. I think as well it can actually work in your benefit being part of a new brand, in a sense, because sometimes you can have... Um, you know, some people who may have spoken to the Croydon advertiser 10 years ago may still remember a negative experience that they had with that brand. So actually it can be quite beneficial to have a new brand behind you because they don't know anything about that brand and it gives you a chance to start that clean slate and we can sort of, you know, create our journalism exactly how we want to from now and how we do everything. 
and it's kind of improved in the feedback that we're getting on the site people looking through the site and saying oh we really love what you're doing you know content you're doing is like really fun but also really informative and it's just what we want to know about the city so i think people are starting to get to know the brand and obviously it will take us you know months years even to build it up to the level that some other brands are at but um we like to think that the way we're doing it is you know in a really constructive way with the way that we've got our team organized at the moment nice clean slate uh, as, a, as a london-wide title trying to develop these local and community stories in and around london what are your main kind of techniques for reporters to find leads and develop beats are they generally quite traditional or have you come up with any new strategies that tend to work quite well um so obviously there's that challenge of you know the patch is huge you can't be out and about looking for stories all the time but as, as i said earlier i think just keeping your eyes open when you're around really does engage it you know if you see something interesting oh you know it might be a flyer in a news agent it might be a, a poster on a wall and that can really you know prove the first step that first lead in a good story um social media is incredibly important um you know this day and age everyone posts most things online People want you know them to be heard. They they you know will post their grievances if something really bad happens. If something good happens, they'll post online. And I think you know keeping your eyes open on social media channels is a really important one to do. Yeah, and I think um, also it's more to note that we've obviously got our reporters who are sort of like you know they're out and about in London, but also looking at what's going on in social media. But you've also got the editors behind the scenes, like myself and my colleagues, who we sort of do a little bit more of the traditional stuff. So we're looking through court lists, we're looking through inquest lists, planning agendas, and also we're looking out for breaking news all the time by using tools like TweetDeck and Data Miner, and of course keeping an eye on what your competitors are doing as well. So I think all together, all those things gel together quite well. What were some of the main stories you focused on from the very beginning when you were like sort of day? sort of the first few weeks, first few months of My London's existence, what were kind of the, the stories that you tried to focus on there to get the ball moving? Well, I think the kind of main thing that we always try and do is look at breaking news and obviously always try and be the first people to that story and sometimes, hopefully, the only people to those stories. And that's always been something which we've worked on throughout. Um, we're still looking into doing sort of more, um, say, experimental content. Obviously, at the beginning... When you launch a new thing, you don't necessarily know exactly what your audience is going to want. So when we did launch, we tried to produce quite a mixture of content. So we had some sort of, you know, we obviously had our, our standard breaking news, but then we also had listicles, features, interviews, um, long reads, fun stuff, you know, all those lots, a big mixture of things. So then that gave us an opportunity to put the experiments out there as it were see what worked and then we've been able to develop the website from there to increase our pages every month since launch pretty much and then when a story does well we start to do more of it really mm. so you've got kind of got more creative license there being a being a new title would you say i'd say so because you're not restricted to and you're not there's not really any boundaries from the past that you have to worry about so it's quite nice that we could sort of you know again start afresh and try some new stuff and we still are you know we're going to have um charlie and another one of our reporters are going to go and race a bike and a tube to see who can get across london the quickest so you know we've got it's quite good because the way that we sort of built the brand now is that we can do fun stuff like that oh that is fun yeah and it doesn't only make it fun for our reporters and for us working here but hopefully the people reading our stories that will transfer through too to them any uh any sizable scoops any big stories that are worth us talking about that you've uh, produced at my london since since the beginning 
people are actually more interested in the things that they're sort of driving past every day or looking at every day and they don't actually know what they mean if you sort of think about the things that you probably see every day in London you don't really think about but our pretty much top story of the whole year was uh, the story behind the health graffiti appearing all over London um, so this is a um, graffiti artist tag which was appearing on bridges all around the M25 sort of around the outskirts of London then a few places inside London as well and um, we sort of We'd been talking about this and wondering what it was, and we'd seen lots of pictures posted on social media, and then we thought, well, actually, if we're wondering what it is, then other people must be wondering what it is. So we decided we did some research to find out what Helch meant, and um, people are still searching that every single day because his tag's popping up more and more. Something else as well, so probably our biggest news story of the year so far, has been um, there was a big siege in Croydon. Um, so it was basically a, a gunman had a standoff with police. Um, we got that from a tip-off, so we were the first people to the story. We were sort of the pretty much the only local news website reporting on it in that much detail. We had a live blog, we had a reporter spending all day at the scene there, finding lots of breakouts, things like that, helping the team in the office, keeping the blog updated. Um, and that was pretty much our top-performing breaking news story of the year. And I think that kind of shows just how much impact that we can have, because a lot of the... Nationals, for example, will only sort of cover the massive stories that are happening right in the centre of London, but we're the people that can get to the outskirts and we can report on those stories. More significant that it's a tip-off, really. I mean, we're talking about sort of getting the ball moving. One of the things I really did want to come on to are contacts and sort of developing those, forging those contacts. What are the ways that you've done that at My London in particular? Uh, so, I mean, you come across people who will... Um, who just love speaking to the media. I and mean, obviously that equally goes the other way around when people are quite reluctant to speak to it, but some people are very keen and they can, you can draw on the expertise that they have to really add to your stories. So for example, if I now, um, if I now want to do a story about anything to do with the natural world, which obviously in London, you know, there's still a lot going on. I've, I, I, know, I know a guy who's really happy to talk to me, he always gives quite good quotes. And that's one that I've just developed because I came across him on a story and then, you know, the next step was him calling him back and he was thrilled to, thrilled to go down that route. Yeah, I think um, if you can show people that, you know, your journalism is competent, then I think that really helps you sort of retain contacts. Um, and obviously if you sort of quote them accurately and things like that, that's really important. Um, I'd also like to highlight the importance of social media as well in that kind of thing, especially because we cover such a large area. It's obviously completely unrealistic to for us to be able to have reporters out in every single borough on the beat on the beat all the time as we'd obviously ideally like them to be but that's the nature of what we do that we can't um, so using social media is actually a really good way to develop contacts um, using community facebook groups um, we use a lot of the time and um, we keep in contact with people over there and then sort of over time as people have got to know our brand and they've got to trust us they then send us messages over social media with pictures they tweet us things sometimes yeah, people do get in touch and on twitter with tip-offs and things like that mm. and we've noticed that increasingly in the last few months so we're hoping that it will continue to build from there mm. i mean i was literally just going to ask you about what opportunities social does present are there any other uh, communities um or groups online that you tend to go through and that are useful for your stories or is that just the main one yeah, I mean, I'd say that there's sort of Facebook groups for, it's by area, so the people that live in particular areas, but there's also Facebook groups for people who've got particular interests, so there's quite a few strong history groups around London, people really interested in London's past, how it's changed, things like that. Um, there's people that have, you know, particular hobbies, so people are really interested in the London Underground, for example. 
um, or people who particularly so there's a massive London vegans group for example because people are really into veganism in London so it's also sort of tapping into not only the areas where people live and work but also their interests which you know are just as important really. Uh, Charlie favourite story favourite scoop what's yours? Actually, I'm working on a piece now, which I really like, which was sort of um, a history piece about um, eel shops in the East End. Um, how, yeah. yeah, how you know how they've changed and how the areas changed. If you say eel shops, eels, eels. jelly deal. Oh, yeah, very London Cockney kind of or delicacies. Yeah. Putting quotation marks there, but um, a lot of coverage of video. I've really, I've, I've really enjoyed doing. People engage very well with videos. So if you get your hands on a good one, it sort of does very well. So there was the rice lip sort of a gang of guys tried to knock uh, kick down a door in a little in rice lip and that did very well um but yeah i mean i write a lot of history stuff and i really enjoy doing that because it's you know it's a city that i very much love and so you know having the opportunity to report on it and you know write stories of it write histories of it are definitely my favorite thing to do hmm. uh sean do you get people uh, in on work experience to work with you yet Yes, we've had a fair few people actually on that, particularly over the summer. It's calmed down a little bit now, but we have had quite a few people in, yeah. Yeah. What, what sort of things typically do you ask them to do, task management? How do you help them uh, get the ball moving? Well, considering they're probably going to come into this area, very few contacts. Um, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, of course. I mean, the first thing that I'd always ask people as soon as they get in, I'd be like, right, I'm going to give you my email address and I'd like you to send me over a list of ideas. And you always know from that moment whether that person's prepared or not because they're either like, yeah, sure, that's fine, or they look at you and just see it set into their face. They're like, oh, no, I've got no ideas. Um, (laughs) So I definitely say to anyone who's coming in on work experience, come in with loads of ideas. And it's quite easy to, and even if you haven't got any contacts or anything, it's quite easy to look through our website and have a look at the kinds of things that we're doing because there's so many boroughs in London we might do one story in say Croydon for example and then they can look at that story and be like oh I can do another version of that in Merton or in Brent or something like that so the great thing about having such a wide area is that there's lots of opportunity to do lots of similar stories and also just thinking about what they know about you know if you live in a certain part of London then what can you write about that area it may be something as simple as x things you'll only know if you live in Walthamstow or something like that but you know it could be something completely different something different that as Charlie said you might just notice in your day-to-day wanderings around that area so as far as we're concerned the opportunity is endless it's just your imagination that uh, limits you I suppose. Do you find that uh, even more experienced r- reporters face uh, have this kind of same problem when they're coming into a new area, struggling to find leads. Have you found that that's uh, a problem at all? I think for me, I mean, I um, worked in Kent for a few years before I moved to London. So obviously I'd come from knowing Kent very well to knowing London a little bit because I used to visit quite a lot and spend a lot of time in London. I've got friends in London, but, you know, not actually living there. So it did take me a little while to get used to the area. But something that really struck me was because we do cover the whole of London. It's such a wide news patch that there's so much opportunity to find stories and just think think of ideas really um it's more just about sort of thinking about the things that people would be interested in as you get to know the areas more you do start to learn that and i think we're still learning even now i think we'll always be learning while running this website uh but that that alternatively might be quite overwhelming for someone coming into london and being presented with this huge capital i mean how do you weed through all of the communities integrate and find those gems do you think i think it's quite a good question actually i think it's about sort of um 
just looking at it's quite good to sort of look at what's doing well you know we use metrics every day to see what stories are performing well and then you can kind of springboard ideas off those ideas can't you really um so for example if you see a story that's um doing really well about um i don't know a tv program that was filmed in a particular part of london say wimbledon then you might be like oh okay so um were there any other tv shows that were filmed in wimbledon that we could write a story about or you could go or were there any other tv shows around the rest of london that i could write about or something like that or then you can sort of start to broaden your search so I think after a bit of time looking at what's doing well, you can sort of start to base your news list and your stories that you're doing yeah. around those kinds of things and expand it from there. And obviously sometimes you will just take a, have an idea and take a punt on something. Quite often Charlie will go, oh, I just saw this and thought it would be fun to write about. And we go, yeah, give it a try. If it works, then great. If it doesn't work, then we might worry about it again. <laughs> on the subject of metrics, what besides page views are kind of helpful indicators that that a story is worth following up on? No, we use quite a lot of metrics around social as well. I think it's important to look at what people are engaging with on social media as well, because that gives an indicator of what the audience is interested in. Um, yep. But obviously page views as well come from different places. So of course you get page views from people clicking on something on Facebook, but people search for things as well. People send direct links to each other. We've recently started a WhatsApp news service as well, um, where every day we send a roundup of the top stories or and our top picks to um, our subscribers. We've got about 3,000 subscribers, I think, now, so we've got a fair few. And we send through a list um, depending on area. So we have either the whole of London or it's divided by north, south, east, west and central. So these kind of you know we track all these kinds of things and we see what's performing well we've got an app as well so we look at how many people are looking at our app and downloading our app so there's all sorts of different things going on at once mm. uh, as a final question from me to the both of you uh, what is your number one best piece of advice for journalists trying to find stories in a new patch i'd say to start off with go and take a walk around it. You need to know what you're looking at. You need to know where you are. You need to know the people. How are you going to do that for you? I mean, social media and things like that, incredibly important. But I think to start off with, you just do need to go out there, get out there and have a look around. Sean? And I'd definitely say just be creative, be inventive. You know, you're, as I said before, your imagination is the only limit. So just come up with some bonkers kind of ideas. Throw them at your editor. They might shoot down half of them, but you only need one to be fantastic and then you're onto a winner. With uh, with Charlie's advice, would you allow a reporter to just take the afternoon to go and walk around the patch and see what they come around with? Is that all right? I mean, it definitely would be a good idea to go with an idea. I think sometimes if you just sort of wander around without much of an, an aim, then it's maybe not you know it's maybe not very productive but if you at least go with some kind of vague idea of what you're looking for you know if you're trying to get vox pops on a certain subject everyone loves a vox pop or something like that then that's good because you can go you can do that feature or that idea that you have but you can also then talk to people and then that helps you develop your understanding of the area and meet people as well really interesting to hear from sean and charlie thanks to both for speaking to me i guess my main takeaway is to be intentional and creative build on what is working, but also think about how you might be able to redefine it. Thanks to you as well at home or on the commute for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please tune in next week as we take a sneak peek into our upcoming News Ride conference. We are joined by four of our panelists who share some early insights into driving diversity, using AI to cover breaking news, fighting myths and disinformation, and what skills journalists will need in 2020. 
Those are just a few of the topics to look forward to at News Wired, happening on the 27th of November at Reuters in London. That's just 40 days away, and you don't want to miss out, so head over to newswired.com for the full agenda and tickets. Save the date, and we'll see you there. Last but not least, if you'd like to feature on a future podcast or on the website, you know where to find us. Get in touch on Twitter at Journalism News or drop us an email. But that's all from me this week. Until next time.